cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Right, here we are again then. We're again ready. then. That's what you We're normally ready. say, but I thought I'd say it today. No, you say it. You say it. That's good. <laughs> right, here we are again then, everybody. Welcome to Customer Experience R&R with my good self, Richard Knight, uh, or Rich Knight, depending on, you know, my mood, and and him over yonder. <laughs> Ryan Uxtable. Um, Ryan Uxtable, or Rye, as I'm sometimes called. Riri. Here, here, Riri. Right, no, look, look, moving on, that could go down a horrible no, rabbit hole of a conversation. We don't want to be there. We don't want to do that, do we? So, well, no. um, have you had a good week? No, oh, I've had a yeah, good week, actually, in, in lockdown. It's been an interesting lockdown. Um, I've been hearing a lot of um, talk from on social media from a lot of uh, local retailers and the uh, how disgruntled they are in terms of you know, them not being able to sell their stuff. But if you go to a supermarket, they can sell their stuff. Um, in there as well. So it's it's a real, uh, started to boil up, I think, um, at the moment, particularly from, and how, how it makes you feel as a customer as well. You know, um, you, you've got these various options. Where do you go? What can't you do? What can't you do? It's, yeah, it's been quite interesting from that point of view. You? Yeah, it's great. It's great just on that point. Um, I was in my local Tesco's over the weekends, just went nipped in to get some, um, some fruit and veg, and they actually said to us as we went in, you can't go. They've got one of those sort of travel things. You go upstairs to the, you know, oh, yeah. the and they closed all that off, um, which I thought was, which I thought was quite interesting. So, okay. um, but yeah, you yeah. know, the, but the, I suppose the bigger point in all of this is, you know, whether it's the supermarkets or the local independents, you can just get on your phone and order stuff from that well-known Jeff Bezier or <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, the, everyone, I guess, is at a disadvantage in it. I suppose if you spoke to the supermarkets, they would be saying, well, you know, you, what's stopping people going online and order it on eBay or Amazon or wherever, which is a, which is a, which is a fair point, I think. But yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. for the, those independent retailers, I totally get it. You know, they've had to close and yet the supermarkets, you can walk in and buy clothes mm -hmm. there or, or, you know, not as the case. Yeah. So there's, there's quite a bit of sol uh, problem solving that's got to be going on at the moment, isn't there? Different ways of looking at things. We've spoken about the P word before. But actually, there's still some different ways of doing things and, and solving those problems. And actually, that segues quite nicely into who you've been interviewing, actually, with Margaret Oscar. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk about that and we'll actually get into the interview in a moment, shall we? What, how, yeah. what was that all about? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so Margaret, um, it was, this, is a great, this is one of the, we've had some brilliant speakers on uh, over the last 25 episodes. But, but Margaret, for me, was probably one of the most honest and straightforward uh interviewees I've ever, I've ever spoken to. Um, so Margaret is a communications and engagement, colleague engagement specialist based down in, in Torquay. Um, and um, Margaret talks very candidly, as you'll see in the interview, about the, you know, about client engagement, um, colleague engagement being absolutely critical, absolutely yeah. critical to the success of your business. Let, let's, let's take a listen and see what she says. Crack on, absolutely. 
Well, good morning, Margaret. Um, Margaret Oscar is um, an employment and comms specialist, has got many, many, many years of experience in this area. I'm going to let Margaret introduce herself in a second, but we're delighted to have Margaret with us um, on today's Warble. Uh, following our Warble last week, where we were talking about the, the, the second lockdown coming into play, and of course, that happened last Friday, so we've been in this now for a week, and I'm sure you've all found your own ways of coping with uh, lockdown too. But um, what we were really keen to do at r, &R is to bring um, a, a specialist like Margaret in to talk about how she, she sees the world around uh, continuing to motivate and engage um, employees in your business um, and make sure that you're doing that in a way that's communicating you know, brilliantly well with, with your employees, your teams and, uh, and your clients. So, so Margaret, tell us a bit about what you do and, and how you see the world in lockdown too. <laughs> what do I do? Um, well, I'm described as an internal communications and employee engagement specialist. And what that means today is it's not internal comms 10, 15 years ago was about making sure your employees had all the information they needed. Today, it plays a much bigger role. It plays a role in terms of creating a better understanding with your employees in terms of their purpose and the value and the role that they play in the organisation. And it generates a really good relationship between a business and its people. And that's what internal communications or employee communications is about. It's not just about disseminating information. It's about creating a really good relationship between an organisation and the employees within it. Because at the end of the day, those employees are the people that are delivering whatever it is you are promising to your customers. Whatever the experience, the product, the design is, the service that you're telling your customers you can do better than anyone else. These are the guys that then deliver against that. So if they don't get it or they don't agree with it or they don't like it, they'll go out there and make liars of you. Not intentionally, but that will be the bottom line. So for me, building any kind of organization always starts from the inside out, not the outside in. So the power is in making sure that the people in your business are delivering not only exactly what you are promising to the customers, but they want to do it. And that's where the engagement piece comes in. Are they like-minded? Do they understand what's expected of them? And can they then deliver against that? That's what I do. I love, I love that comment you just made, and it's really, really hammered home to me. This whole point around, and, and the comment I love is, you know, don't let your people make liars of you, because and that, and that is so true. Because, gosh, but that's the reality. Yeah. It is gosh, but it, it, it absolutely is the reality. And you know, now is not the time to to dress things up, is it? Because you know, businesses are in stress. Um, you know, we, we're seeing uh, incredible pressure being put on. Uh, employees and teams at the moment to deliver in what are really difficult circumstances mm -hmm. and and this this make lies piece that a point that you make I, I see that a lot in brands and what I mean by that is you know I'll look at a, a client's website or a brand's website and they and often there is lots of you know well-intentioned words that are on that website about how they want to treat clients and customers and how they want to treat their employees but actually the 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 physical and and um, mental aspect uh, I suppose uh, outputs of that are, aren't they, you know aren't always delivered because to your point that that internal conversation that internal engagement piece isn't strong enough to reinforce the message would you agree with that I would totally agree with that it comes back to what I said originally that relationship 
if when we hit crisis, we hit a, a, a huge change, a climate today that we're living in, if at the beginning you do not have that solid relationship with your people, trusted and respected, everything falls apart. And pumping out information about the do's and don'ts that you, don't, that you want them to do, it's useful, but it doesn't help. It doesn't always help because that relationship's already broken in the beginning. So why are they going to listen to you? Why would they deliver? And so those, you know, the other thing I was interested in in, in your in your opening comments that you made um, when you talked about how communications used to be almost this command and control yeah. element of comms to how you see it now um how do you think what, what, what's your view and what will your tips be to businesses that perhaps go into stress yeah and maybe revert to that sort of command and control yeah. type yeah. How, how would you, what would you be saying to business now if, if they were trying to do that listen listen to your people for me listening is a, a really crucial leadership skill and the reason i say listen is co-creating a solution is a really really powerful tool to have particularly in a time of change and crisis when you need your people to step up and give you that extra percent in terms of their effort if you hand and dictate out a series of solutions and tell people, this is what I want you to do, go off and do it, they might do it, they probably will, they won't do it well, because for them it will be a tick box exercise. If, however, you present the problem to your people and you problem solve together, so it, the solution is co-created, they'll not only own that solution, they'll do their damnedest to make sure it goes forward. So I'll give you an example. Um, you must have at some point in your life hired a rental car. Mm. Right. Did you wash that car? No. Right. Because it's not yours, right? Yeah. You don't, you don't own it. You have no responsibility for it. You sign your waiver for all the insurance. So if you crush it, you can walk away. You have no responsibility for its future because somebody else then deals with the aftermath of that or they take it away if you hand the car back. When you hand your people a solution, instead of asking them to help you with the answer, what you're saying to them is, you don't own this business. You have no responsibility for this business. You have no responsibility for its future. That's the message you're giving out. But you co-create that solution with them. They will not only own it, they'll make sure they look after it because 50% of it came from them. Mm -hmm. And you've shown them the respect of listening, working together to come up with a solution and then they'll take it forward. And that's where the building the relationship with your people internally using communications comes in. That's the really important role between your organization and your employees, having that trusted and respected relationship is the thing that ultimately delivers against whatever your corporate strategies and plans are. So, so the co-creation plan you talk about, I'm interested to explore this with you a little bit further because um, it makes perfect, perfect sense, doesn't it? In terms of if your people are engaged um, and they understand the direction the business is going on. And actually we, um, we, we, we often with clients map the process, the employee, uh, journey and the, and the, and therefore the subsequent client journey based on the employee understanding your process. And in, in other words, you know, co-creating that plan. Um, and 
I guess in normal times that's that can be challenging, can't it? Because you've got lots of different um you have lots of different views and lots of different opinions and trying to create that 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 uh that co-defined plan as you mentioned it. So in in times when businesses are in stress, mm-hmm. what would your I guess top three tips be um to engage uh engage your employees to help co-create that plan in a way that is fast and dynamic and gets and gets the results i think i think the three things for me is first of all recognize that within your internal audience there are segments people keep saying the whole country's in the same boat we're not we're in the same storm but people are in different boats and within your internal community you're going to have people who are regarded as your key workers who have got to be providing your essential services, for instance. But you mustn't forget about the people who in the background are doing the business as usual pieces as well. So always make sure you're looking at your your people as a whole and not just the ones that are in the spotlight because there's a crisis going on. Because it's the guys that are doing the BAU that are propping up the key workers. Yeah. Um, The second thing I would say is, you can't make everyone happy. Doesn't matter what you do, people are individuals. So trying to pump out communications that are going to keep everyone happy during these times won't work. You can keep everyone informed. And that's what it's about. Because my third point would be, the question they will be asking you is, what are you expecting of me? What should I be doing? Right, yeah. So it's it's protecting BAU, yeah. it's keeping everyone informed and being really clear on expectation. Those are really Absolutely. three really clear messages, aren't they? I love that. Yeah. Um, and that, that then as a result reduces, if you like, the anxiety levels, because if people know what's expected of them, know that they haven't been forgotten about, they're recognised, even if they're not in, in the spotlight, and know that, that what they're getting from you is authentic. You're not trying to... Um, falsely keep people happy you're you're being realistic they can handle it they can handle whatever's thrown at them Mm -hmm. and and I guess it is a it's a real fine line isn't it I mean you you know you and I both come from from large corporate backgrounds and uh, we will have had experience in 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 uh, clearly not of a pandemic uh, in those backgrounds but we'll have had experience of trying to get difficult messages uh, or messaging to the front line and you know, you're, you're absolutely right. People are individuals. They'll make their own minds up about the communication that they're receiving. And they'll, um, I, I talk a lot about this in terms of, you know, how do you control the facts and the opinions? And I learned very early in my career, just be clear on the facts and the opinions will take care of themselves. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I love the simplicity of that three-step message um, in terms of, you know, s- supporting that BAU, being clear with, you know, uh, your your expectations of others um, and, and you can't please everybody and I, and I think you know I think that that really if, if I'm sat in, in a in a boardroom today thinking about right you know what do the next three four weeks look like what does post lockdown look like for my internal comms you know we're moving into Christmas um, it, it's uh, it, it's it's a minefield I was um there's a story there's a story I'd, I'd like to share and i'm not an employee of this particular organization but it really hit home for me over the weekend how um small gestures 
makes such a big difference to making yeah. you feel confident. So I, I was lucky enough to be involved last week in um, in a law firm's partners conference and they asked me to come on and talk about customer experience. Um, lots of partners, about 50 odd partners. And I, and I went on and I, I did my bit and, uh, you know, it was a really great conversation and I thought, didn't think any more of it. And, you know, that, that was that. And then on Saturday morning I had this, a little knock at the door and there was a, there was a uh, box of, of Camel Valley wine that had been sent to me as a thank you from the managing partner for my contribution. And um, although that's not technically uh, falls into what, what you've just said, I think that the little big things of recognising what stakeholders, team members, partners are doing for you during these really difficult times really, really, you know, engaged me in that message that they were trying to get across as well. And I thought, well, you know, how brilliant is that that somebody has continued to recognize uh, you know something that i'd done and i and i i suppose my my add to what you said this morning is don't forget to do those small things because they really matter yeah i completely agree with that reward and recognition is incredibly powerful it's more popular i think than sex and money apparently in the in the research <laughs> brilliant brilliant no, we are definitely getting you on again because you, i love how candid you are it's just brilliant um that's, it's a, fact. that's a fact though ryan that's a fact yeah. <laughs> not an opinion it's a fact yeah that's it's true a fact. it's a fact i have the research <laughs> And Margaret, you know, um, you, you've got a, 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 a glittering career at, at, at Tate and Lyle and and, uh, and and many other massive businesses. Um, in your experience, uh, having to, you know, it, it, over the years that you've worked in those big companies, has business ever been facing such a hard challenge? I don't think in my entire career we've ever had to live and work in an environment like this this is this is you know um world war atmosphere isn't it lockdowns and rations and um i think this second lockdown is uh, people are a little less anxious in terms of the day-to-day -day living needs I think they recognise that it, you don't have to rush out and queue outside supermarkets for hours now. Everything seems to be a little more normal, but they're all but but they're now anxious about the future. As in, is this going to be our future? This constant in out in out lockdown. How long will it be before, if at all, we ever return to the normality that we knew before this virus hit us? Mm. And, and those anxiety levels are also fueled by a think of recognition that the workplace is changing. There are going to be some permanent changes. People are no longer um, fixated on location of work because we've proved for most of this year that for the majority of us, it no longer matters. And I think that's going to have an impact on all sorts of things in society not least commercial property, work locations. Yeah. Think about it. Um, and just that point, Margaret, I guess that also changes, would need to change the strategy of, you know, everything you've talked about this morning about how you communicate, how you, you know, get yeah. to those people if they're not all in an office, that, that, you know, the way the business pivots needs to take your team with you. Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, all of my clients are all using digital technology to communicate with and try to keep engaged with their employees. 
The biggest ask, and I do regular pulse surveys with everyone, the biggest ask, and this is across the board for all clients, is how do we replace the social element? That social relationship that all the employees had in the office with their with their with their colleagues, um, and that's a difficult one. And all we can do is find a way of providing a COVID safe meeting space for people, and trusting that people will um, adhere to you know whatever the restrictions are. But we are social creatures, and there is something that seems to be lost. And I, in all the research I'm getting back between people across a screen in terms of body language and reading tone, being able to look someone in the eye and instantly seeing and recognizing a reaction. You don't get that across the best of um, video conference technology. So there is something that's missing at the moment in that work relationship, and I'm not sure it can be replaced, but to come back to your point, it can be recognized. And I think employers need to own up and say, we do recognize that there is a percentage of the relationship missing. I remember when we met um, before lockdown and one of the things that struck me when I was talking to you, um, when we were having a, 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 a cup of coffee in that gorgeous uh, little cafe that you frequent, uh, we sup on on, uh, on Torquay Harbour. You must go there everyone when it, when it reopens. Um, but you, one of the things you said to me that really resounded uh, big time with me was even though we may not be able to, uh, you know, sit in the office, have a cup of coffee with somebody, go to lunch with somebody physically, yeah. uh, you advocate, don't you, that that should still happen, even if it's virtually? Oh, totally. So it, with one of my clients, I have forced coffee breaks into people's diaries for the whole organisation. So every team have twice a day forced into their diaries at a certain time, coffee breaks. If they can make them, they make them. But if they can't, they've got a meeting, that's fine. Because let's face it, the reality is if you're sat across a desk with someone, you can't always go to lunch together, depending on what's happening in your diary. But what that has done is it, it has partially given them back the, the social engagement they used to have with their colleagues. They literally make themselves a cup of coffee, get the bickies out and all sit and chat to each other about utter rubbish for 15 minutes, twice a day. Mm, brilliant. And so that is, that is bringing back the spirit of the workplace across a digital platform for the moment until we can find a better way of doing it. No, I think, I think that's brilliant. You know, some of these tips that you talked about this morning are incredibly practical and, and doable and really easy to replicate. Um, for, for businesses. Margaret, it's been an absolute joy talking to you this morning. And Margaret, how can people get in contact with you if they want to chat to you further about some of the ideas you've talked about this morning? I'm on LinkedIn, Margaret Oscar. Drop me a message. I'm always monitoring my LinkedIn account, so I will see it and respond as soon as I can. Um, if you are in the middle of um, a change, a major change in your organisation, I can also help with that. I have a suite of uh, change specialists that I work with as well. If you just want to build a better relationship with your people internally, then I can help you with that too. Brilliant. I would say that um, if I were to leave you with one key thought, my key thought to anyone out there that's thinking about or worrying about how they manage their people through this crisis at the moment, I would say that when you get 
through the other side, whether the other side of this is normal or not, ask yourself this, as an employer, what do you want to be remembered for? Because if you can answer that question, I can help you plan the future. What a great way to uh, close off this chat. Margaret, thank you so much for your time this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure. We are definitely going to get you back uh, when we get out the other side, just to see how things have uh, progressed for the organisations you're working with. Um, but some great tips there, Margaret. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Nice to see you again. Well, she certainly is very straightforward in the interviews, isn't she? I love that. That was that was great. Really fantastic. I, I think that the the best one for me was that don't let your people make liars of you. Ooh, ooh, it's so true. It's so true, isn't it? It is. You know, you you look at what people say about their brands on their website, and they paint this wonderful <laughs> picture. You know, we're we're client focused, we're customer focused. You know, our customers are our most important thing. And then when you have an interaction with them. And you bump into some of their people who aren't engaged in the fact that you might have said that they are making a liar of your brand. It is so true. <laughs> it is. Well, it is. And and uh, I, I think the 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 antidote to that is that involving people. You know, involve your teams in what you're doing because you've got that that title after your name or you've given yourself a title, which often happens. Um, you know, doesn't mean you can't have opinions from other people within organisations. They've got views, they've got ideas that actually you may not have thought of. And, and if you bring people together, you know, you can really make a difference. And the, the analogy with the, um, the hire car, it, it's not yours, you're not invested in it. A lot of employees have that similar view of work. It's nothing to do with me. Um, so that for me was really interesting because of the impact and, the, and the, um, uh, the effect that motivation can have on that whole piece as well. Um, so it, it's a really interesting place for your employees to be in. Are you asking them? Are you finding out what's going on? Have they got some views for you to, to consider, to think about? In, involve them in it and they shall when, then they shall be really interested in the outcome rather than just, well, it's nothing to do with me because I'm just, just doing my job. That's all it is. So that, and, and the impact that has on your customers, again, yeah. huge. It's a, it's, a really, um, it's a really brave thing to do, isn't it? Because I find when I talk to a lot of my clients about their colleague engagement, um, some are really um, up for listening, want to understand, want to make a difference. Uh, and, and some are less so. And, and, you know, when we talk that through and we explore that, there is a, there is a worry, actually, that they, they're not sure what they're going to hear. And sometimes they or the organisation may not be ready to hear that feedback. Um, and I think the point that the points that Margaret so eloquently, you know, lays out for us all in that in that interview is, is, you know, the, the opinions are going to be there, the, 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 how your people feel, unless you collaborate with them, unless you co-create the plan, as you talked about and involve them in that so they have ownership around it. Um, yeah, perhaps you should be worried because you if you've not <laughs> if you've not if you've not spent the time in engaging your people in that then um then you don't know what the, the view is you don't know what the opinion is and i suppose the other bit that i that i'd add into that and again <clears throat> i've talked about this a number of times during this series is you know the the, the three different journeys that that, that we measure in site six the process the employee and the customer mm -hmm. employee <clears throat> uh journey 
the mapping of that and getting them to understand the process and what the customer's potentially going to think is there's no it's no accident that the employee journey is right in the middle of the mapping because it is at the center of yeah uh you know getting that message right to to yeah. customers because if your yeah. process cocks up who mm. deals with it who deals with the customer it's the employee yeah and the, and the key yeah the, the, and the key thing there is to actually ask regularly as well you know a lot of people do that well let's do let's wait till the end of the year and find out how we did how employees what do you think of us what do you think of the company etc you can't wait to the end of the year you, you've got to ask on a rate more regular basis and something like instant insight uh are, are in the moment a real-time feedback mechanism enables you to do that as well because you can then understand what's going on in the here and now and actually if you're not asking them for their opinion if you're not involving them you can find out in the moment rather than waiting to the end of the year and and, and having more problems so it's uh, it's making sure you get a little bit quicker and then of course the other thing that um, is available as well is around the motivation so where are they are they motivated enough to want to be involved and something like motivational maps um, which is also uh, uh, available you can actually start to understand exactly what what level of motivation your individuals and your teams have and then, and why that might be and then you can put in strategies to 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 um, adjust that slightly um, so you know in terms of what Margaret was talking about that actually then leads quite nicely into in a couple of weeks time I'm going to be speaking to um, Mr. James Sale the creator of the motor of motivational maps actually and the importance of motivation for employees and it is that real desire it's the energy that your teams have and at the moment you know energy is <laughs> a premium we've got to make sure people are firing on all cylinders because their energy comes through into the customer experience without a doubt so watch out for a couple of weeks time we'll be speaking to James about that and how that can impact your customers motivation as well so that's what we're going to be doing it, it should you know when we speak when you speak to James whether it should, it should link really nicely to, to, to certainly some of the the great challenges I think Margaret posed um, that, that, that you know she talked about didn't she the uh, the different working arrangements at the moment um, mm -hmm. how do you create normality around that type of engagement and one of the things that um, for me was very powerful and, and helped you know certainly in, in her view help motivation was the fact that she insisted in some of the organizations she was working with and within was that they put in coffee breaks into their diaries mm -hmm. uh, they were at home. yeah and people stuff. had to just you know join and if they wanted to join and just to you know, talk about last night's tv or the weekend or what they were doing yeah. that night or what their, what their plans were for next year and you know that 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 is so important and you know we, we're recording this aren't we on um uh in the week where there is some hope now we've got a vaccine and that's mm -hmm. um, 90 percent effective so you know businesses will, and people will very quickly turn to um turn to that as as uh as, as the opportunity to extricate ourselves from where we find ourselves and of course mm -hmm. we will and that is great but I, I had this brilliant analogy um about the virus and um i think this is this the vaccine rather and i think this really pertains to kind of customer journeys as well they said the way i would describe where we are with the virus is if you, you you're stood on the, the train platform you're looking up at the board and you know that eventually the train is coming or you know the vaccine is coming and where we are now is you're looking down the track and you can just see two lights in the distance of the train. <laughs> yeah, the I love that. And yeah. I thought that is, a, that is a brilliant analogy for actually all of this stuff as well, because mm -hmm. if you are not um, aware of what your people and your customers are saying about you, which goes back to Margaret's point, you can't take the relevant action yep. to move from 
you know, that train that's sort of way off the platform to bringing it in and getting the doors open and getting everybody on board. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a really important point. Co-create the yeah. plan. She talked about, didn't she? Co-create the plan. Don't met, let your people make lies of your, of your brand and engage them. Don't make that the hire car, make that the car <laughs> that they purchase. Yeah. Um, and I know, and I want, I want to drive. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, well, what, what wise words, wise words, wise warbling words to end on there today from the West Country. So I think uh, we'll we'll disappear. See you soon. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot. Like Bye. share, comment. like share and comment. I've been Ryan. I'll <laughs> I've been Rich Knight. Cheers. Cheers. Vives en Virginia. Si recibiste la vacuna contra COVID-19, sigues estando protegido. Este otoño estaremos poniendo dosis de refuerzo para ayudar a prolongar esa protección. No olvides que el Departamento de Salud de Virginia sigue siendo tu mejor fuente de información sobre el COVID-19. Para saber si puedes recibir la dosis de refuerzo y programar una cita, visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Este es un mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia.